Welcome to the Art of Visuals podcast. Today's guest is none other than Jeff Carpenter. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you for having me, Prince. I'm super excited to be asked to be on here. Yeah, so I guess a little bit about myself. I'm a portrait photographer based out of Nashville, Tennessee. I've been shooting full-time for about six years now. A lot of my clientele is kind of corporate portrait headshot stuff, but in my own time, you know, I love kind of just creating and trying to get uh trying to capture some some awesome visuals that uh you know will get me recognized i guess in the in the photography community absolutely man tell us how you got into photography i started photography after i graduated college actually Uh, i got a degree in audio production uh, from the art institute in nashville and i loved it at the time and then it just there was very little jobs for a lot of people getting the same degree as I did. So I just kind of, I kind of gave up on it. But my, uh, I took a mandatory photography class as like in order to graduate. And I kind of fell in love with that right then and there. And it was, uh, it was kind of, there was something about it I just really, really loved. And I didn't, uh, I didn't really know what it was at the time because I was still trying to justify me paying for this $90,000 degree, which I'm still paying for, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, finally, I, my parents bought me a camera for Christmas randomly. Like, it was super random. And uh, I, it just kind of, I was like, well, I've got this camera now. And I think it was like a Nikon D30. 100 or something like that you know just like a basic you know starter dslr and i just kind of ran with it and then it just kind of snowballed into you know doing a lot more full-time and then eventually completely full-time nice so are you just a photographer or are you a filmmaker as well i do video work as well kind of just a little a lot less. i don't put as much effort into that nearly as much as i uh, as a photography I own a business that does, you know, really any visual media. So we do photo, video, graphic design, and I just kind of outsource that to other people. But personally, I would say photographer first and foremost, and occasional, you know, video, but not, not, I don't put a lot of effort into that myself. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, let's jump into some of these awesome topics that we have here. I'd love to start with developing a style and not just following along with social trends. So a lot of people on Instagram constantly reach out to us asking, you know, like, hey, how do I stand out on Instagram? How do I develop my own style? Sounds like you've looked into this subject a little bit. So, like, why don't you give us your two cents on developing your own style on Instagram and kind of standing out from the crowd? Yeah, I mean... I think developing your style, and it doesn't just relate to Instagram either, you know, I mean, I think developing a style for your photography as a whole, you know, depending on what your end goal is, you know, my end goal is, you know, I, I do photography as a living, I tend to, you know, I think my style kind of evolved over time to where it was like, I was doing kind of corporate headshot stuff. And that wasn't very fun. And that was kind of boring. But it morphed into like, I loved working with people. So I, you know, I kind of, took my style with kind of a standard portrait and, and kind of put a little more of an artistic spin on it. And I really made sure not to follow the trends that are on Instagram, you know, the string of lights, the smoke bombs, the, you know, the prism, although those are cool, you know, and you can be really artistic with it. 
it's a really great way not to get noticed on Instagram because everyone else is doing that as well. You know, for instance, the eclipse was yesterday. I've seen literally 90% of my feed is the exact same picture taken by thousand different people, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's cool, you know, it's fun, but it's, I think it's a really great way, like I said, not to get, you know, recognized. So I think kind of just finding something that's, you know, unique to you. One of the guys that I follow, he does only dance photography, you know, and that's kind of his niche, you know, it's, and he makes it really artistic and does this really cool stuff with just, you know, taking pictures of ballet dancers all over the world. You know, I think that's, you know, finding something that's a little more unique and maybe a little more niche is kind of the way to go rather than, well, everybody else is doing this. They get lots of likes. I should do that, too. I think it's, a, it's kind of a backwards concept by setting yourself apart, you know, because you're not. How do I say this? You're setting yourself apart, which allows you to to then be recognized for what you do rather than just being able to copy somebody. Right. It's almost like as an artist. You need to be the rebel, the anarchist. Like, don't, don't follow. Right. You're, you're an artist. Don't follow what everyone else is doing. It's like, dude, go the opposite way and just create something completely different. And that's Absolutely. what's going to stand out. Like, that's what's going to get recognized. And that's what will be unique. Yeah. And it might not be an overnight thing. Right. You know, I mean, you might get reposted by, you know, a big account like your guys is, you know, but by, by if, you know, by kind of doing something that's really cool, like right then and there. But if I think... If you really want to stand out in the long term, you know, find something that's unique to you and that that is different. Maybe that everybody else wants to copy, you know, step outside the box a little bit and try and, you know, really create something that is fun and unique. And, and you're doing it because you want to, not because you might get popular right. or everybody else is doing it. You know, I think having the, the mentality of how do I get popular is a really bad way to go about it. <laughs> You know, because it's just, I mean, yeah, it's cool. And you, there's a lot of benefits that go into, you know, having lots of followers. But having lots of followers doesn't, you know, coming back to the business doesn't necessarily, you know, if you want to make money doing photography, just having lots of followers isn't really going to, isn't really going to do it. Right. Use the right way. It'll absolutely do it. But you have to be in the right mindset. Yes. And you absolutely. have to, you have to have a plan that you're executing on and you have to know how to extract value out of your community and all those different things. And the reality is that popularity or followers or an audience should technically be a byproduct of what you're creating, right? So if you're creating great stuff, then guess what? You're probably going to have a bunch of followers. You're probably going to have an audience. Right. If you're not creating right. good work, then it doesn't matter what tips and tricks and things you're trying to, to, to do to gain followers. You're not going to build a following if you're just not right. putting out great content. So Right, yeah. Uh, I think it, it boils down to you have to have good content. If you don't have good content, then what is the benefit of following you? You know, so yeah. <laughs> kind of boils down, but it just boils down to that really at its core value. So with you being a full-time professional photographer, getting paid to do this, how do you balance work and your passion? Like how do you, how do you keep that balance without going overboard? I think just kind of separating the two, you know, I've got, you know, I've got my business that I run, which is, like I said, a lot of my clients are corporate, you know, Fortune 500 companies that are just, you know, that need updated headshots for their entire staff, you know, like that's, none of that's going to go on my Instagram because, you know, A, there's non-disclosures that I sign, <laughs> but two, it's just not interesting work, you know, it's great to get paid for it, but it's not, it's not really that fun, but 
that allows me to free up a lot of time for my personal stuff that, you know, is what I actually want to do, which is typically what you'll find on, on my Instagram. It's kind of more, more personal work. Just like, you know, I, Hey, I've got this new lighting setup I want to try out or, or, you know, just something that's a little bit more unique to me in my style than, you know, having a CEO is just like, I want a white background headshot. I don't think that's very interesting for other people to see. So I don't want to share it. But still, you know, not discouraging me like, well, I don't want to take photos of, you know, these people that don't want to get their photo taken. You know, that I have to have the mindset of I need to do that because then that's how I have time to go do, you know, the freedom and I don't have to work, you know, in a restaurant or, you know, have a nine to five job. I can literally spend all my time doing photography. And some of that time happens to be not super glamorous, fun stuff, but it, you know, when it boils down to it, it's my job too. You know, jobs aren't always meant to be super fun, but I, at least it's something that I enjoy doing at, at its core. Absolutely. Everything has that balance, right? It, there's going to be good. There's going to be bad. Always. You just hope that you land in the middle to where you have only half bad things happening right. and half yeah. good things happening. Well, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't necessarily even call it bad. It's just not, you know, it's not it's just different. Like I say, glamorous. Yeah, exactly. you know, it's, it's just, just I, but it, at the same time, you know, I might meet such and such business owner that then puts me in contact with somebody else who might be right up my alley, you know, so I can't turn a job down, you know, just because it's not fun right then and there. And you have to kind of look in the long term as well. Right. So, you know, just having the kind of the business mindset of that, I think, helps as far as, you know, maintaining my sanity for one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it it's just a matter of, you know, not getting discouraged with, I might not have content to post, you know, for a couple of days because I was busy, you know, doing work essentially. Whereas, you know, I could spend a lot of time just traveling and doing a bunch of, you know, fun stuff, but then I'd run out of money really quickly. <laughs> right. I guess what advice would you have for the people at home? I know there's a lot of people that think that they should only be doing work they love and that, if you're not excited every single day, like a lot of people quit things they they just think it's supposed to be glamorous all the time. So like what type of advice would you have? What's some real world advice you would give to a young photographer about that balance? I would say just make sure that you going into it, you know that it it's not like don't have unreal expectations of, you know, you're just going to make lots of money taking pictures of beautiful people. I think you can get there, but it's, there's building blocks. You know, you have to kind of work your rounds and get, you know, do the stuff that maybe isn't fun. But I think just really having the expectation of, and if you have the mentality of you want to have it right now, right then and there, then it's probably not going to work. You know, you have to just give yourself kind of a realistic goal to where you want to get to. And, you, and you, you know, it's, it is work. You have to put work into it. And like I said, I do stuff that maybe isn't considered glamorous, but that frees up all the time in the world after that to then go do stuff that I want to do. So, you know, it's it's a balance of how much effort do I want to put into this stuff that I don't love personally, but, you know, the value of it allowing me to do stuff that I that I really do love is kind of the the balance I'm talking about with knowing what you want, I think, is is key. And understanding what you have to do to get there. You know, it's not just a instantaneous, I want this, I'm there, why isn't it happening? You know, you have to, you really have to, you know, and and being part of the millennial generation, I think, you know, we do have that like, well, I want it now. So, you know, 
But I think just kind of taking a step back and, and realizing like, okay, like I want it now, but let's work towards it. Cause having the long-term value is much more meaningful to me at least than, well, I was given this and now I, what do I do with it? Right. You know, having, having, having worked for something also puts a, a higher, a greater value on what you have. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more with that statement. So as far as collaborating goes, I think it's normally for the most part, awesome for artists to collaborate and extremely valuable but there are often times when collaborating with other artists may not be so valuable and not in your best interest for one of the artists so you know do you have a few examples or or things you'd like to touch on as far as why collaboration may not always be the most valuable thing for you i mean i think at its core collaboration needs to be mutually beneficial for all parties, you know, whether it's just a photographer and a model or a photographer, a model and a makeup artist or, you know, a hairstyle, any, anybody involved, it has to be mutually beneficial going into it. So, you know, there's been times where I've had collaborations that definitely seemed one sided in the, you know, well, if you take my headshots, you'll get exposure because I'll retag you. I'm like, well, that's cool, but I'm putting in a lot of effort for you to get exactly what you need, which might just be like a gray background headshot, which doesn't really benefit me because literally anybody can do that. You know, so I'm like, if we can collaborate a little bit more and do something a little more fits more into my style, then it's more of a true collaboration. If someone just comes to me and says a collaboration, but really just wants free work, you know, you have to be able to under like see when someone might be trying to take advantage of you. You know, and I hate to bring back in the, you know, the followers, you know, but if someone says they're going to retag you and they have 200 followers, I mean, that doesn't really benefit me at all because they're all probably just their friends that aren't going to hire me even later. So, you know, having, I think the collaboration goes with every, all parties involved kind of know what we're trying to achieve, what the main goal is, you know, like I want these awesome pictures, the model wants stuff for their portfolio, the makeup artist wants you know, something, you know, something for their portfolio. And as long as everybody's getting something out of it, then it's a good collaboration. But once it kind of starts being like, well, we did, you know, I've, I've had some people with where I've worked with them multiple times. And then it kind of starts getting like, they just call me and they're, Hey, I, I want some new photos. I was like, well, we just shot three days ago. Like I, you know, I don't have, you know, right now I don't, that seems very, good for you, but not really for me because now my feed is just going to be littered with photos of this one person, you know, or I, I, I try and kind of, you know, stagger it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, if someone approaches me about a collaboration, I like to have a conversation with them and try and find like, okay, like, what do you want out of this? If you want this, like, can I also do this other thing that's more beneficial to me? Um, you just, you know, going into it, knowing what everybody needs, I think is really a great way not to be taken advantage of when it comes to collaborations, you know, and just kind of knowing what to look for is really good in the sense of like not wasting your time. Yeah. It sounds like you just want to make sure that there's always some type of fair exchange of value on both sides, whether you're on the receiving end of a pitch or, you know, you're on the front end pitching someone like, I think that just shows a lot of respect too, as an artist to show like, Hey, you know, I want this to be an equal value. So like, what would you like in return rather than like, Hey, you know, let's exactly. Do this thing you know, and also do. when it comes to, 
you know, delivering images too. You know, I always let them pick as many photos you want and I'm not going to edit every single picture they, they want, but I'm confident that it looks good enough as it is that I'll just send them the raw files. That seems like blasphemy, I think, to a lot of people, but I don't spend too much, you know, I don't overdo the post-processing and I, and some people that's their style, which is awesome. It's just, I don't particularly like Photoshop, so I, I try and spend a little time in there as possible. <laughs> but um, so I'll, I'll get it pretty right. close in camera, and I'll just give them the files. They're gonna know what to do with it. You know, they have a specific vision for what they want to do, and my editing style might not fit with their feed. You know, so I don't want to spend time editing a photo that they're gonna then, you know, re-edit or not use. You know, so it's like I'll have these photos. I'll edit the ones I want. You can have these ones, you know, and that's just for collaboration stuff. You know, I, I understand that they're going to want to use the photos that they want because, again, it's a mutual collaboration. And I, I don't want to force my style onto this person. You know, I, so I will give them the ones I right. edit if they want to use them. Cool. If not, like no hard feelings. I don't you know, I got what I needed out of it and then they're getting what they need. And again, that's not always exactly the same thing. Right. So with the importance of everyone having a style and collaborating and all this stuff going on, it sounds like it's also very important to know and understand your yes. audience. So how does, I mean, how does the, the, the average photographer even go about getting to know their audience and after they know their audience, you know, how can they relay that information in their business to help them succeed right. uh, as a photographer? Yeah. I think understanding your audience is, is hard in a way, you know, especially as your audience grows, it becomes more diverse. But for instance, my audience, I would say 90% of my audience is probably other photographers because a lot of my feed is here's how I got this shot. You know, it's camera settings, lighting, you know, I'm not shy about it because if somebody wants to copy me, whatever, <laughs> you know, who cares? <laughs> but it, I consider that, you know, flattering if somebody wants to copy me exactly. But you know, so with me, my audience is, like I said, mostly photographers. So I try and find out what they want, you know, what they need or what they, you know, would like to see out of my feed. And typically that ends up being, how'd you do this? What lighting gear were you using? What lens were you using? I going into, you know, when I kind of really dove into Instagram a little harder a couple of years ago, I was like, well, I want to be a resource for other photographers, you know, like not that I have any clout necessarily, but I was like, my mentality went, if other photographers are asking me how to do something, then the people who are going to hire a photographer, which is me or B photographer, which is the person asking me how to do something, I feel like my chances are probably pretty good that I'll get a job, <laughs> you know? So I went, you know, again, I, I tend to kind of think through things with the business mind rather than creating cool content for the sake of creating cool content, which is awesome, but do it full time. And this is my sole income. You know, you have to kind of take a step back and, and add a monetary value to things. That, so that's kind of where I went with my Instagram was I wanted to be a resource for other photographers who were just kind of wanting to, to capture an image or understand the value of learning through YouTube or learning, you know, being self-taught completely. If I can help people not make the mistakes I made, that would be awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I try, I try and kind of be like, Hey, right. here's the thing that I did one time that was a horrible mistake. 
don't do that. <laughs> and here it is. Knowing my audience, which is mostly photographers, a lot of beginner photographers who are kind of maybe getting more into using off-camera flash or something. You know, I kind of geek out over the the lighting gear. That's kind of my thing. You know, I use a bunch of different camera systems, but I stick with pretty much one style of lighting. You know, at the same time, I keep it simple. You know, I shoot most everything with just one flash, if at all. But yeah, I think just kind of knowing what your audience is and what they want out of a feed. You know, if your audience wants just beautiful people on their feed all the time, then you got to take pictures of beautiful people. But obviously your audience got there somehow. So, and that was again, created by what your style is. You know, if your style is just taking glamour shots of people that are, you know, really good looking, people are going to follow you that want to see that. So then when you stop producing that kind of imagery, people are going to be less inclined to be engaged or they're going to unfollow you. Right. I, uh, yeah, that's super interesting what you said. I, I, I like to relate a lot of what you just said to like musicians, you know, I don't think as artists, you should ever be afraid to grow and to change your style and like, yeah, <laughs> fuck your audience. Like either, either, either they'll change and grow with mm -hmm. you or you'll attract a new audience. And that shouldn't, you shouldn't stump your growth as an artist just because you're afraid of losing the old artist. And you see it with musicians all the time. Like, you know, like, Oh, we loved, so-and-so's yeah. first album and second album, but they're oh my gosh, their new album is yeah, so it's... bad and it's different and, and, and it's yeah. okay. You're going to have those haters and, and they'll either stick around because, you know, secretly like, yeah, they're angry, yeah. but they still love you and your music. So they're still there with you or they bounce and you have a whole new crop of, of people that understand your art. And so, yeah, we shouldn't take yeah, the whole I mean, follower thing. Too serious. Unless you've built right. like an entire business around it, then yeah. you just have to know, yeah, it's a gamble. Mm -hmm. And are you willing to take that risk? And that's that's all it really is. Not to say that's wrong, you know, right or wrong. It's just like it's a risk. And are you okay with taking it if it doesn't yeah. work out? I mean, out that's, you can hit the nail on the head there. You know, again, it doesn't. It's not really. Don't put too much emphasis on the followers because really they're just numbers. You know, they're analytics. They're statistics. You know, I mean, they're people at the, uh, you know, right. in reality, but I don't, again, we, we could get into the whole robot thing, <laughs> but, you know, knowing your audience and you have a true audience and then you have people who just like follow to try and get you to follow them back that don't really care about what you're doing. You know, um, you know, I get a handful of those and then they just unfollow me again because I'm not, you know, producing whatever content they're exactly looking for. Um, but, you know, I've got my core base of, of followers that, you know, like all my photos, comment on all my photos that, you know, message me with questions or something. And though that's the audience that I take all of my, you know, that that's the audience I want to produce for is the people that are actually physically in, you know, engaged in my work. You know, if, if I try and please someone who's never commented on a photo of mine that I don't that doesn't really know my style then I'm leaving all the, you know, my true followers kind of out to dry because it's not benefiting them at that point. But, you know, you know, just having, knowing what your audience is first and whether you're starting out, you have no followers, you just started your account today and you want to, you know, have this type of following, you know, hit it hard, hit the pavement hard and do that. Don't just follow a bunch of people that are just kind of random if you don't want them as followers or, you know, I, I think just, having an end goal is going to help. I mean, it works for Instagram. It works for business. It works for everything. Just like having a business plan. You don't have to write it down and have it in a little 
folder or anything, you know, but you just kind of having an idea, whether it's, you know, just a thought or actually written down, you know, just knowing what you want to get out of it, whether it's for Instagram or whatever, that's going to help you get there rather than just, well, I'm kind of blindly posting pictures and seeing what happens, I guess. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. So just, you know, being a little mm-hmm. more thoughtful and intentional with uh, your actions. I'm curious about the business side and I'm looking for some practical tips for the audience. What are a few practical tips that you would give to a brand new photographer who mm-hmm. is decent, you know, good enough, and they're looking to yeah. get out and start making some money. That's a really hard transition for most people to go from mm-hmm. uh, having fun shooting and actually getting someone to pay them for their images. Yeah, how did you go about it? I what advice would you give to would to recommend just if you want to shoot and you're not picky about what it is that you're shooting right now, you just want to make some money doing it, I would go do event photography. That's what I did. You're getting out there. What, what's great about event photography is – that you're basically getting paid to network with people. You know, you're, you're going to these events, you're kind of mingling with these people who could hire you for something else. You know, that's where I got all my client base was I started doing event photography and photo booths like when I first started because I just wanted to get paid to do something related to a camera. So I did that and I realized I liked working with people. I just didn't love working with drunk people. So <laughs> so I kind of, I'm just still going to do the events because that's, you know, a lot of where my income was coming from. But I'm going to do more, you know, headshots and portraits on the side. You know, and that's again where I'm like, I'm doing the things that I don't necessarily want to do to then free up time to get to where I want. It's always constantly evolving. You know, now I'm doing the headshots and portraits of, you know, which was my short-term goal when I first started and now that's the stuff I don't necessarily love doing and now I'm kind of morphed into more artistic portraiture and that's you know and then eventually I want to get paid more for that I get paid a little bit for that but not a not a ton but um, you know I want to kind of get to that and then then I'll figure out my next plan from there so it's kind of like starting out like I said event photography is I think the best way to get going to get paid to use your camera like I said, you're, you're basically getting paid to go network with people. The hours suck usually, but right. people just want you to capture the event. You know, it's, you don't have to be super artistic with it. You can, you can do that, but you know, just as far as getting out there, taking some of, you know, shooting some photos, getting paid pretty good money for it. I would say do that. And then that kind of gets you, gets your base of, you know, having, uh, business with photography, you know, like I said, that's where I started. And, you know, I don't, I still do events every once in a while. I'm actually shooting an event tonight, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's not something that I do. I don't rely on event photography. I'll do it. You know, usually it's just kind of for, for friends or for clients that I've had forever, you know, I'll do events for them still. But yeah, I would, I would start with that and just don't get, you know, don't be afraid to just do something that, again, isn't super, you know, your event photos. And I will tell you this, don't put them on Instagram because no one wants to see them. <laughs> you know, just take that. And again, keep it separate. You're doing, you do shoot some events. That's good. Start your foundation of your business. And then you have some money to then go do some stuff that you want to do some more artistic stuff, go back to events when you need some more money and you can just kind of balance the two. But like, I started with events, 
and I don't really shoot events anymore, but it was a great way to get started and a great way to make the switch to full time, you know, by having a pretty steady, you know, stream, you know, granted I live in a city. So it's, you know, if it's, there's a lot more pool of stuff to shoot in the event world, but you know, depending on where you are, I mean, just kind of put I mean, I literally responded to a Craigslist ad for the first ever job I got paid for, you know, so there's lots of places you can, I don't even know if Craigslist is a thing anymore, (laughs) but there we go. That's what I was looking for. I wanted to ask you, you know, that's great advice on, you know, let's just stick with the event specific photography. That's great advice for an entry level photographer to get their feet wet, to start making money. But how does one, you know, to reverse engineer that even further, uh, how does a new photographer even get an event photography gig? Well, the, the very first job that I ever got paid for was, uh, I responded to like just a classified ad. It was like uh, event photography, free drinks, and 50 bucks. I was like, whatever. Sounds great. So I emailed the guy back. And he's like, well, we already found all of the, you know, event photographers, but we need a photo booth. Can you do that? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I had no idea what he was talking about, but you know, I was like, yeah, I'll do, I can absolutely do a photo booth for you. And then I got off the phone with him and I Googled what a photo booth was. I mean, I knew what a photo booth was, but in that sense of just, he just wanted to step and repeat photo booth was not really the word, but, um, you know, so I, I basically like, and that was before I knew anything about lighting. I went and the actual event was inside of a greenhouse which is cool but the lighting kept changing so I spent like nine hours editing 500 photos after the fact (laughs) trying to get them to all match (laughs) because it was from you know it was a full day so it went from like light out to dark out and I just had some constant like video lights I bought on Amazon because I had no idea what I was doing and uh yeah, I mean, I basically with that one, I just I just pretended like I knew what I was doing, and then I I yeah. didn't tell him until many years later that I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but yeah, I think just kind of getting yourself out there. I mean, all of my clients come from someone else telling them about me, so don't be an asshole and just kind of be present. Make let people know that that's what you want to do. That's what you do. Don't tell them, hey, I'm trying to get into photography. Tell them, yes, I'm a photographer. Hire me. Even if, yeah, you know, fake it till you make it. I, it was kind of my mantra for three and a half years until, not that I've made it, but, you know, it was, I didn't feel as, you know, I definitely was more confident in what I was doing. At the beginning, I was nervous every, before every event because I was like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, You know, and it's, but had I, told my clients that then they wouldn't have hired me and then I would be working at whatever restaurant that I used to work at still (laughs) you know um so I think just kind of getting out there making sure people know that's what you do and that will really it'll kind of snowball from there but you know I would kind of be leery of of like Craigslist ads because they those are super sketchy but you know, if you're in school or something like that, you know, just keep your ear to the ground and see what people want. Maybe offer to shoot an event for free. If you know someone's doing it, you get a little bit of a portfolio. And then, you know, somebody be like, hey, I love that, you know, event. Can you come, uh, can you come shoot this one? You know, we've got a budget of this much. And it might not be starting out, you might not be able to have a, this is my hourly rate because you don't have any clout to make those demands. You kind of, you know, Eventually, you can, you know, 
And then eventually it can get more and more and more. But I think starting out, just kind of getting out there, be the guy that's always there, be the girl that's always there. And people will start to notice you. And then they'll say, hey, do you do family photos? Do you do headshots? Do you do this? And then you say, yes, absolutely, I do that, even if you don't. And then it just kind of goes. And that's, and that's like literally how I got to where I am is just telling people yes, always. And right. So it sounds like, too, like just also to always be working, you know, when you're at these events, you know, smile, talk to the other people, mm -hmm. have cards on yeah. you, make sure whoever hired you. You're a salesman, like you're a photographer, you're a sales guy, like you still got like, and you're selling yourself really, right. you know, your business. you're selling your work and yourself. You know, if you're not an enjoyable person to be around, no one's going to want to hire you. You know, if you think that you are just all that and the best photographer ever, a couple people might hire you. But as a majority, people don't want to hang out with people that are not nice people. <laughs> so, you know, so just kind of being, uh, you know, be yourself, but make sure yourself isn't a crappy person. <laughs> yeah, check, check the ego at the door. It'll, yes, absolutely. You know, no one wants to deal with that, you know, because they can probably find some kid who just picked up a camera that's just as good <laughs> as them, you know, and like with event photography, it does not take much to be able to do it, you know, it, and you see people that are just like, you know, and then, but they think like, oh, I'm the best event photographer ever. I was like, well, I mean, there's not a lot that goes into shooting events. You know, you're really just capturing the, the event in as a whole and making it so people who weren't there wish they were, you know, you don't need to shoot it with, you know, $5,000 camera. You don't need to have, you know, 15, I shot every event at the beginning with the kit lens and just like the entry level, you know, DSLR that I had, you know, I didn't, and I'll shoot events now with a pop-up flash because no one cares. <laughs> you know, they just want a picture of themselves. You know, I'll use, I'll shoot it with a Lumix G85 with pop-up flash and the kit lens. And no one really has ever asked me why I'm doing that. So why change? <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're confident in your, in your work, then, and you know what you're doing, doesn't your tools don't matter. You know, if you, yeah. if you know how to do something, you know how to do something, whether you have new tools, old tools, great tools, yeah. cheap tools. Yeah. The, the reality it's all is about, you know how to use the tools. Yes, absolutely. I was about to say, I think it's about how you use the tools rather than, you know, and I think a lot of people use the fact that they don't have the brand new, you know, Sony A9 or whatever that as a crutch for, oh, I'm not getting clients because I don't have, this really big camera, you know, I think there's some truth to that to where like if I'm going to a company and they want headshots and I come with a tiny little camera they're I'm not going to look as professional again. You said perception is reality to a point, <laughs> you know, but like if I come with a, you know, big full frame DSLR with a battery grip on it, they're not going to ask any questions like, Oh man, he must be a nice camera. I mean, who yeah. all they know it's a, 15 year old camera that's got a 12 megapixel sensor but you know but again if it's a big camera they they want to they're like oh awesome just as a little social experiment professional and otherwise literally every single job or just personal project i shot with a like panasonic lumix g85 which is a micro four third 16 megapixel sensor camera nothing special about it the internal stabilization was cool, but you know, the point is I did for an entire half of a year, I shot everything on that camera and guess how many people noticed 
zero. <laughs> you know, no one asked me, oh, why aren't you shooting with this full frame camera that you have in your bag <laughs> or whatever? You know, I was just, I, the point was that I have this tool, I'm going to use this tool. And as long as I a, am confident in how to use it and B, I create good images out of it. No one cares how I got there. You know, granted, new gear, new technology might make things easier for you. It might speed up your process, but it does not make good images. You know, I ran across an image on Instagram. I don't remember who it was, but he like took a picture. It was all blurry out of focus of like the ground. And he's like shot with a Canon 5D Mark IV. And his whole point, he's like, the camera does not make a good picture. He's like, the camera can take a horrible picture. And it was, you know, and he was, but that was the whole point is, you know, he's got this, you know, really nice camera, but the camera itself isn't going to, you know, you can take good pictures with a phone and it kind of goes back to the best camera is the one you have with you, right. you know, and you can use it however you, you know, see fit, but the, a nice camera is not going to get you jobs. Just, you know, spending money on brand new gear is not going to make you money. If anything, it's going to put you in debt and then you have to work extra hard and then you end up doing jobs you don't want to do. <laughs> so, but, you know, I, I think just the gear is such a minimal part of photography. And yeah, it's fun to play with new gear. Don't get me wrong. You know, like, don't ever give me cash in a trade show because I will go buy something I don't need, you know, because I get excited about it. But, you know, it's, I try and kind of reel myself back in. I just bought a new camera, but I bought it on, I guess I bought it on Craigslist and it was a four year old camera because I'm like, I was like, well, it's a nice, you know, full frame, you know, thing just that I have for whatever I might need a full frame camera for. Is it the nicest, newest camera? Of course not. But does it do the job? Of course it does. Not putting emphasis on gear, I think, is is important. And now I've rambled beyond belief, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I know I get excited a little bit about gear sometimes, and I was gonna ramble a bit as well, but I was like, oh, we're kind of tight on time. But <laughs> basically, what I was just gonna say shortly was, if 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 you have a relationship with the clients, and usually it's fine, they don't care, like, especially if they've seen right. your work before and they're very aware, and they're like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. But new clients, I've been in that position where, you know, when back in like 2011, we had a video production company long before Art of Visuals and our camera was a Canon T2i, you know, with the, a, you know, a 50 millimeter one eight kit lens. Mm -hmm. And yep. although we were creating amazing video back then with this camera, when you initially just see us show up and you hire, you know, you try, we, you're paying us five grand to shoot something and we shoot. All you have is this little camera. You're like, right. who are these kids and what did yeah. they just like? What did we I just did that do? for when I was doing when when I was doing uh, more like more video. There was about a year where I did a lot more video work than photography work. But just to kind of fix that problem, I just bought some obnoxiously large shoulder rig that like didn't do anything. Yes, dude, that's what I was getting at. I'm like, dude. So we would bring like shoulder rigs and like sliders and all these things that we weren't even going to use because yeah. all they needed was a, is a tripod interview, but, but they don't understand it. So they just like yeah. to feel that they hired someone that is legit. So you just bring all yeah. the extra stuff and they get excited yeah. and they'll like ask if you, Oh, what's that? Oh, the what is that thing? That thing looks beefy. I'm like, Oh, that's the Ronin. And it does. And it'll just sit there. It doesn't even get used. It'll just yeah. like sit. Yeah, and I've got like an eight foot jib in my closet right now that I've used like three times. 
<laughs> well, that I think I bought a pain it in the ass for like use. one shot that I needed. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I have it. I guess I'll try and use it a little bit more. But it's so clunky. I never want to bring it anywhere. So, <laughs> Nope, absolutely. Well, cool, man. We're kind of tight on time. So to wrap the podcast up, I guess I have one last question. And that's what advice do you want to leave with the community? You know, what are your parting words that you want to spread to the AOV community to inspire them to get out, create, explore, um, and just really see the world and tell the, to, you know, tell the stories of the world. I mean, I would just say be yourself and don't, you know, don't take what everybody else is doing as, as truth necessarily. And don't be a sheep, you know, don't follow everyone else's trends, do something on, you know, do something unique, do something on your own, you know, and that's going to get you more recognized than doing what everybody else is doing. You'll just fall right into the abyss of every other millions of Instagram users if you do everything everybody else is doing. So, you know, take the risk, step outside the box, you know, just do, do you and, and good things will happen. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on the show. It's like I wrote Jeff. that down. <laughs> that was great man thank you for listening please share the art of visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button sharing is caring you can follow art of visuals on instagram at art of visuals or sign up for the art of visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com join us next episode for more but until then let's continue to visually inspire the world together